0: This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2021. I'm John Buda, a software engineer.
1: And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing follow along as we build Transistor.fm. All right, it's been a while. Lots of stuff has happened. Yeah, it's been happened.
0: a busy couple of weeks in podcasting Ruby on Rails land. I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, lots, of, lots of things we could talk yeah. about. Um, I think we should at least touch on the base camp fiasco, uh, partly because, um, well, you and I both have friends at base camp. Yep. Um, you live in Chicago. And Basecamp's a big part of the tech scene there. Uh, I've worked a day at Basecamp. Uh, they they tried to hire me a long time ago, and uh, I've definitely been friendly with Jason and David. And they've also been uh, advisors for Transistor. Yeah,
0: we've had Jason on the show a couple times.
1: And I'll say uh, I'm pretty disappointed in Jason and David. I think you don't have 20 of your best people quit for innocuous reasons. Yeah. Some of these people who have been there 15 years, uh, some of these folks are just, you know, quiet, hardworking people uh, who don't want to stand out, don't want to stick out, uh, aren't trying to, you know, create problems for themselves or anyone else. Yeah. And so I... Publicly, this has been made into uh, uh, you know the media and the Twitter sphere is making this about whether or not people should be allowed to talk about politics at work. I think that's a good discussion to have, but this is not about talking about politics at work.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, clearly there's something else going on, and they hit a nerve with employees, and the employees didn't feel comfortable working there anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with. The things they're trying to do, you know, limiting talk of certain things if it's causing problems in the in the at work. I mean, I can understand that, uh, but yeah, it's a t- it's a tough position for everyone in there to be in. I mean, I f- I feel for everyone on both sides. Like,
1: yeah. Well, I I feel less for David and Jason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's to me. This is about leadership. Publishing publicly, so, uh, a policy change like that. First of all, you don't need to do that. Yeah, I don't can, really understand. It's like <laughs> you can keep, you can, you can, with grace and patience, which are both leadership attributes, you can figure things out with your employees. It's not going to be always fun, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, uh, working with people is messy. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. There's no way to. As soon as you become a leader, now you're that's your life. Now you're going to have human interaction with real human beings who are dynamic, and yeah. all of those human attributes, and all of the human experience, and you're going to have a bunch of folks working together. You. you you can. <laughs> that's part of life. Yeah. That's part of business. And um, this is much more about leadership and hubris, ego, arrogance. Um, and I say this as, so, like I've been a huge fan of David and Jason for a long time. Yeah. But this is, this is from the beginning... A terrible way to respond to whatever was going on in base camp, and again, you and I know a lot of people there, and we also know some people who left in the past, and and there's just a lot more kind of thread here that I think people on the outside don't see, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I'm I'm uh, definitely not impressed with the way that that David and Jason dealt with us. I think it's just bad leadership. And, and what do you think about the knock-on effects of this on Ruby on Rails? Yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, so much of, so much of Rails is dependent on what comes out of Basecamp, and I think David is still kind of the one, I don't know if he's in charge, but he, I think he has a pretty big impact on what gets put into Rails. Not to mention, you know, a handful of the employees that left were big, big open source contributors to multiple projects that we use, and they publicly said they're not going to work on it anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, really unfortunate. I think it's going to it's going to be tough. I don't, I don't know where it goes from here. I mean, I've definitely seen people be like, "I'm not going to use Rails anymore because of David," and
1: Mm -hmm. I, I
0: mean, that seems a little bit premature, but.
1: But on the other hand, this is what I'm talking about, about leadership and knock-on effects. And what's confusing to me is some people are blaming the employees here, saying, you know, why would they ruin all of Basecamp's goodwill? Why would they create so much drama? Bullshit. Everything rises and falls on leadership. They have almost all of the power. They have all of the equity. They have, you know, it, they set the tone... They get to decide how they respond to things. This is, and there are ripple effects on everything you do as a leader. Yeah. (laughs) That just is. Absolutely. Of course, they know this. And of course, we know this because every business leader has a certain amount of influence. You have a certain amount of influence on your customers, on, the people who work with you on the broader community like it would be ridiculous for us at transistor to say we had no effect on the podcasting world right of, of course we've had an effect that's the whole point <laughs> you're you're go- as soon as you become part of an ecosystem you are now contributing to it this is like saying you know uh, building a sewage plant next to the river has no effect right. of course you have an effect yeah. you're you are now part of the ecosystem yeah and so uh, this will have an effect on Rails. It will,
0: yeah. I um, mean, I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm, I'm still happily using it and I love it and I'm not going to rewrite mm-hmm. a transistor and something else, but uh, it, I just hope it doesn't speed up the, I hesitate to use the word, decline. Mm. Like, it, it, you know, Ruby and Rails are no longer like the new hot thing and a lot of people are putting their, energy elsewhere into new frameworks and new ecosystems. And I hope it doesn't expedite Rails and Ruby getting, I don't know, stale, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, gems are out of date and code is old and, you know, I don't know, people aren't working on new libraries that interact with other services. Um, I I hope it doesn't speed up that process. Yeah. yeah, but we'll see. I mean, you know, the Rails community is huge, and it's it's Ruby on Rails is not made by more than just a handful of people at Basecamp. But it does have an effect, so we shall see.
1: For sure, you know the official response from the Rails core team. <laughs> uh, say we make decisions and work towards consensus as a team when needed, uh, but. Right at the top of that list is David. And this is... uh, (laughs) You can't dig in publicly like this. This is just like... This is just the way it is. The things we say and do matter. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that all, uh, you know... Every cancel train on Twitter is warranted, and that mob justice always <laughs> <laughs> is always justified. But this is entirely different. Yeah, and and the I th- I hope people are concerned because in order to especially for Rails, in order for it to kind of move past this, there's going to need to be some opinions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gonna it could, it could be this be is a folks.
0: this is a good thing. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. And but certainly do not none of this horseshit. This was warranted because they can run their company the way they want and they can it, folks, when when 30% plus of your team leave in a day publicly and we don't even know who's left privately. These are not these are these are people that they hired slowly over decades. Basecamp has some of the highest revenue per employee of any company in our industry and it seems
0: like the highest retention I mean until now highest but...
1: retention these are people that did not want to quit they liked their job they liked who they worked with they liked the work they were doing. These are not folks who make uh and they're they're these are a lot of these people are older as well they're not they're not folks who are used to switching jobs every two years. There is something going on there that was not healthy
0: yeah i think there's probably a lot more going on behind the scenes than we know about
1: and it's (laughs) that what is muddying even you read this thread effects of the last week on ruby on rails in the on the ruby on rails forums uh, the the conversation is getting so muddy because it's it's trying to pivot around this idea of whether or not you should talk about politics at work. Yeah. You know, I think even you and I, I think you and I maybe not disagree on this, but I, I think we see things a little bit differently in terms of, you know, what's what's appropriate, what's not at work. Um, but we can talk about that. Yeah. I
0: mean I think I think there's a yeah, I think there's a big difference between talking about politics and things like that at <laughs> work and talking about it with your coworkers.
1: Mhm. Yes. And and also uh <laughs> the nuance in in this conversation is just that so much of management and leadership is case by case dealing with things case by yeah. case. It's why blankets, bl- blanket blanket uh, <laughs> statements and blanket guidelines that remove all nuance uh are are very uh probably not the wisest mm-hmm. to say there's no politics at work when your entire organization, I'm talking about Basecamp, has been incredibly political from the beginning. Right. When when your founders are unbelievably p- political. When your podcast, which I love and now is going to, you know, Waylon has left officially. The Rework podcast, go listen to the last 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredibly political. And this is a a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business.
0: Uh-huh.
1: This was a political company. Yeah, every company is political to some extent, and uh, you know, w- when we're talking about people being able to discuss, uh, especially minorities and people of color, and you know, all these folks coming to work, they have to have some freedom. To express their point of view, to also uh, challenge leadership when they're being uh, discriminated against. I, I I have this Twitter thread from a while back that you know people are always telling me to stay in my lane and not talk, just talk about business and not about politics. But people, business is politics. Business is incredibly political. It is affected. Every industry is affected by government policy. You can't get away from it. You just can't. And so uh, anything from minimum wage and what you're going to pay to you know, what's required for you to uh, hire contract workers to um, what grants the government might give Spotify and Apple, that all matters. And uh, this idea that any organization can be purely apolitical is just impossible.
0: But again, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we, we believe this is actually about
1: no. political discussion. No, <laughs> so, that's, yeah. that's, what's, that's what's difficult. And also I'll say, bringing our whole selves to work doesn't give anybody license to be rude or careless or offensive or obnoxious, or inconsiderate, or discriminatory. Right. If anything, we need to be more considerate, more kind, more patient, and more thoughtful. Yeah. But that's the solution. The solution isn't um, more blanket uh, uh, statements from the founders, or more gu- you know more employee guidelines. There's also, I mean,
0: I, th- I yeah, it's tough. I think I one of Jason's posts mentioned something along the lines of like. You know, if you're if you are an employee and you and you feel like you don't want to wade into this whatever discussions were happening on base camps like employee forums, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to feel like you're complicit in the problem if you don't want to if you don't want to contribute. And I I get that mm. I agree with that.
1: But yeah, yeah. so maybe I don't, again, maybe
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, it's,
1: but again, the there's a. Uh, this is why leadership is not easy. Yeah, no, absolutely that not. It, this is you can paint a, a situation one way. And but you know when
0: we can also move on from the topic if you want.
1: We can move on, we can move on. It's true. <laughs> I, I, I think the wrong response to all of this, well, first of all, the wrong response to the base camp thing would be say it's about politics. It's not about politics. It is about leadership, full stop and it's about hubris arrogance and uh <laughs> this is just it's just on full display here mm-hmm. and to justify <laughs> what was some incredibly bad leadership decisions do not publish a blog post about a new company policy before you've fully discussed it with your employees uh, right. that's just rude and obnoxious and yeah you can do whatever you want but <laughs> by the way some people think basecamp's going to is it going to recover from this fine? I don't think so. You hired those people over decades, carefully, thoughtfully. You weeded through hundreds of applications to hire them. Yeah. These are people who have an incredible amount of experience, who are, are doing, uh, relative to the impact that Basecamp has, the number of customers, the amount of revenue, etc. These people are shouldering an incredible amount they're absolute linchpins. Yeah, I think they may have destroyed their company. That nobody—I saw someone on Twitter say nobody has burned more goodwill faster than, like, just by any definition, this was a bad decision. These kinds of things do blow over, but <laughs> that who's going to want to work for them? That's that's an actual competent thoughtful developer the kind of person that would have uh, made them a custom web page application uh, to to you know in their application process yeah I, I, and yeah I don't know
0: I'm sure so I I think they'll probably still fill the roles
1: I don't think so yeah, I'm yeah. sure I think they're gonna fill them but it's not gonna be with the same kind of people you don't get rid of people like that and then just like instantly uh, uh, recapture all of that experience all of that shared, culture yeah all of those years and years of contributions uh even like the open source stuff like sam leaving let even take one thing like the tricks editor (laughs) so where are you going to find somebody else to replace somebody like that yeah we'll see it's like taking taking away 30 percent of your of the load-bearing uh walls in your house (laughs) there we go we got a metaphor let's move on um Hey, let's t- let's talk about some good news. This is a big a big milestone for us, John. Yeah. We hired Helen Riles as head of customer success. Yeah. That's
0: a big step Full- first full-time hire outside of yeah. us too.
1: Yeah, first full-time worker outside of you and I. And this was, I think, <laughs> well, first of all, Helen's negotiation tactics, very good. Because she said, we were like pretty, She, she Helen's been working with, with us part-time since 2019, I think. And, you know, has always had a big impact on what we're doing. But she's, she was only able to contribute a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we started talking about this. Like you and I, the customer support, like we've, we've committed ourselves to doing live chat, which I think is still the right answer, but it just takes a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And especially
1: for a two person company. So we started talking about bringing someone on full time. Helen was a clear choice. She's the person, Mm -hmm. the part-time person who's been with us the longest. She can cover all of the overnight hours. And we talked to her and, and, and she said, uh, well, first of all, let's, like, let's just do a, a four-week trial. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I've already booked some vacation at the end of the four weeks, so then I'll go on vacation. <laughs> and then I'll come back and we could talk about yeah. it. <laughs> and so then she did the four weeks, and then she left, and what happened? We immediately
0: <laughs> felt it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. It was like the day she left, you and I were like, Holy shit. There's
0: a lot of support. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we you know, yeah. we, we were waking up for those four weeks in the morning and there's like nothing in the support queue except for maybe yeah. a couple of questions that we we would have to take care of or answer, but yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been I think it'll make a huge difference for us and for the company and just the quality of service that people get and the quality of information and help docs, and we have you know a person dedicated solely to that. So
1: yeah. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin. You'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. I I mean to feel it like that, that the 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 contrast between her being there and her not being there was just, it was like, you know, <laughs> there was no doubt in our mind that we wanted to hire full time. So Welcome to the team, Helen. We're really excited to have you here um, and I mean again, you if you look at how she responds in support, her answers are just way better than ours. She has answers and has figured out things that I don't even know the answers to, yeah, um, also just keeping she,
0: calm with certain customers like it's
1: oh yeah, <laughs> so great, it's so great, yeah, so. Big big step for us though, because um you know, I, I think some people are surprised that it's been you and I yeah um full time and we're really the only full time folks for you know since 2018. Well well 2018 and then 2019, really when yeah. we both came on full time. Um yeah, I, I fo people but are surprised. To, but c-
0: compared to some of our competitors that are roughly the same size. Mm-hmm. Uh, revenue wise and number of podcasts like you know two two or three of us compared to like 11 of them
1: yeah yeah we're yeah we're much much
0: we're either doing something right or something horribly wrong that we're going to regret i don't know
1: <laughs> no no this is well this brings me to the next thing i wanted to talk yeah. about is i think one of the hardest things in business is cost benefit analysis making a decision with the idea that it'll help you grow or it'll help you you know improve the business or it'll help you do whatever but not fully knowing what the ramifications are yeah it's tough and i, I in, in so many ways one of our competitors is for sale right now and a bunch of people have sent me this link it's a public link to public listing mm-hmm. and i don't know their situation i don't know what's going on but they the the reason they're selling is they 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 want more time in their family you know they've got kids or it says right on the listing like we've got children we want more time with the kids and whenever you and i have even thought about selling or getting investment or whatever at this stage the, you go back into our archives. There's times where I was like thrashing mm. <laughs> wanting, you know, okay, we got to sell some of the company. We got to get more money here. But there's something about what we're doing that has led to an incredible amount of calm. And I think people are surprised when they hear that. What you've, It's just the two of you. How, how are you getting all this done? I was on a call with a Fortune 50 company. I think I told this. Yeah, to. <laughs> and, he, and 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 uh, he was like, "Okay, so after you and I discuss things, let's get your legal team on the phone and your ops team, and uh, we'll also get your integrations team." I said, "Hold up." I said, "This is a very small company." I said, "There's only two full time people working on this right now." And he's like, "What?" Yeah. He's like, "You're." You're consistently one of the top five podcast hosting services I find online. <laughs> I said, Yeah, but we're really small.
0: Did you did you bring the legal team and stuff? You just change your voice a little bit.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Just let me uh buzz in. Uh, um, hey, hello. This is this is Elmer. I'm on the legal team. <laughs> we got I just start playing. We on. got Frank from Finance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, uh, Frank's a New Yorker. He's from Brooklyn. Is that yeah? Right? <laughs> hey, Frank,
0: over here from finance. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: this uh, this is a this is a whole new version of the show. Didn't that, didn't we,
0: that company also we, ask if you wanted to be bought?
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then and I, <laughs> they're like, so are you guys looking to be acquired? I said honestly there's no way we'd want to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, wow. I appreciate it. All yeah. right. Well, I appreciate, appreciate the honesty. He's like, clearly you guys are kicking ass and taking names. Uh, but this is all indicative of people are surprised. How are you so small? How are you doing this? And I think the other assumption would be, oh, well, you must be working super hard and you must be just grinding every day. And, you know, you must have tons on your plate. I've never had less on my plate than I do now. And this this thing now part of it's the market, which could change, right? The momentum in podcasting could shift. Uh, I think it's actually already shifting already. You know, we're we're getting to the the later stages of the pandemic. A lot of folks tried podcasting out, decided it wasn't for them. Yep. So I, I think we're going to see growth slow down, maybe to pre-pandemic levels. But. There's also some product decisions that we've made that have made uh this company much more calm much more margin and um uh, having a good business is about having good margins not just financial margins but margins for everything yeah and I think it's really going back to that cost benefit analysis it is so difficult to figure out you know like well I sh- we should hire some more people because that's what Companies do. They hire people, they grow, they, you know, you, and, you know, a company about our size should probably have more people. But what is the real cost of that? Now, there'd be a financial cost. And it's even possible that if we invest, you know, let's say we invested another, I don't know, whatever. We invested a bunch more money in hiring full time people. What is, and maybe out of that you get two and a half times more revenue, but there's all sorts of other costs, mm-hmm. like you've been pretty clear <laughs> that at this point in your life, you don't really want to manage a bunch of other people
0: no i don't i don't I don't think I would enjoy that. I've been there uh, I think if we were to hire someone to help me out, it would be i wouldn't be necessarily be like they wouldn't be working for me. They would be working with me and I wouldn't necessarily be managing them. I'd just be like working with them. Right. It would have to be that kind of relationship.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, and by the way, I, I tried to, when, when we announced Helen joining us, I, I tried to word that very carefully because my initial headline was, um, we've hired Helen. And I was like, that is just not true. (laughs) like the power dynamic in that is just not right. She's decided to join our team. Yeah. <laughs> and we're we're going to be working with her. Um she doesn't work for us. She's working with us. And um yeah, anyway. So you you kind of feel similar if if someone was going to join you on the dev side. Yeah, it
0: would have to be a certain type of working relationship. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I just I don't I haven't wanted us to get big mm-hmm. uh, team wise and otherwise, I guess. Like, if we didn't really want to take investment, I think that was a great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel the need to like grow super fast and build tons of features at once because it would just add a lot of complexity. And I think the calm that you're talking about that we've achieved is because of how we've decided to build things and what we've decided not to build. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And and again, that calculation is so difficult. Like I see our competitors, um, you know, building mobile apps. A lot of podcast hosting providers have mobile apps, and you know, there's I can see the reasoning. A lot of a lot of customers request it. You know, even on the public podcast side, how come you don't have an app? How come you don't have an app, a mobile app, where we can record and upload our shows? Uh, how come you don't have a listening app mm-hmm. where we can, you know, send people directly? to the the show how come you don't have a listening app for private podcasts which would enable us to and
0: (laughs) what were you gonna say no i mean part of part of that is that i've never built those so i just you know part of saying no to that is that i have i just don't know how or where to start Mm -hmm. Uh, you know in a year maybe it'll be a thing where i'm like i kind of want to learn that it sounds exciting and i'll dive into it and it'll be fun Yes. Uh, Or we hire someone who knows how to do it, and you know, they kind of teach me how to do it, and we build it together, and and that ends up being fun. But along with Mm -hmm. that, now you build this mobile app, you got to worry about how do you distribute it in the Apple Store? How do you distribute it on Mm -hmm. Google? Uh, Do we need it now a support person for the mobile apps? Uh, Mm -hmm. We got to now we got to worry about like Apple App Store policy changes uh different versions of iOS and Google and Android and like all mm-hmm. that stuff just doesn't sound
1: fun. <laughs> and and it's difficult to make that calculation of we're gonna add this complexity to our product and to the company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything you add, everything you commit to adds legal complexity, adds uh human complexity. Add maintenance complexity, add support complexity, adds code complexity, and are you calculating all of those externalities when you're doing your cost-benefit right. analysis? And by the way, you're making bets on what you think and hope might happen. Yeah. You know, like when we were considering dynamic ad insertion, we were we were considering it based on, well, look at, you know, there's... There's Megaphone, and they've got a bunch of customers, and we have this many people asking us about it. And But we could have launched that, and it could have had a negligible effect on our bottom line.
0: But enormous impact on our stress levels, and just those integrations, and like, yeah, I mean, we see all these competitors doing like, oh, this advanced audio editing, and
1: mm-hmm. audio
0: insertion, and all this stuff, and... Yeah, maybe some people left us to go to other platforms. Yeah. But some came back. Some a lot of people didn't leave. Uh the other the other I mean the other cost benefit analysis of that is like would I rather be outside in the summer doing something that I enjoy or <laughs> sitting at a desk building something that becomes frustrating and annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that and and I actually think about this all the time for founders is so that, that this for sale listing of a competitor got me thinking about this because it's like, clearly something's driving this. Like, why would you sell if everything's going great? Yeah. They're in the same industry as us. And so why would you sell? What's, what's pushing you to sell? And then I talked to another uh, founder in our industry who's just taken a bunch of funding And I was like, wow, you're killing it. Like all this funding and really kind of uh, high quality investors. And I'm just seeing, you know, their ads everywhere. And it just seems like they have tons of momentum. And he said, well, it's added a lot of complexity to my life. Like he didn't look calm. Right. Right. And, um, you know he's excited about it he's younger younger than you and i <laughs> and I, I think if you want to go after that that's great but we often don't think as founders like what do we want how can we optimize for what we want and then is there an intersection point between getting what we want out of the business as founders and helping you know 80% of the customers out there get what they want right yeah you know everything you add you have to support everything you create you have to maintain mm-hmm. and we, we've, we've seen this most <laughs> long-running listeners will know like that YouTube integration yeah it is just a constant reminder for us yep of you know you build something and you go it's just a little feature like and people like it and you know what could go wrong you're integrating with Google it's like the biggest company in the world they you know they they've got it all figured out
0: yeah. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> and most recently, onto the next, onto the next topic. Speaking of integrating with other services and platforms, um, well,
1: I guess this you're talking about this Apple release. I guess Both
0: Apple and Spotify had big releases last year. Yeah.
1: Week. Yeah. Um,
0: both of which had problems. Apple, most yeah. notably Apple. Yeah. Uh, you dealt with most of it. Sounds like it probably. Stress you out a little bit,
1: it burnt me out a little bit because you know, first of all, they didn't communicate anything to us, yeah, they didn't so yeah,
0: typical <laughs> Apple fashion, they didn't communicate anything to the providers who are like providing the content to the Apple podcast system,
1: yeah, yeah, this goes back to the base camp discussion. Uh, see how you like it when somebody with power just decides to do something and not let you know. it is so frustrating yeah. and you know apple had so many opportunities we knew something was coming because all of a sudden podcast connect which is the the dashboard for podcasters stopped accepting new submissions and so the you know the podcast <laughs> echo chamber was like oh something's coming you know apple must be getting ready to launch something but apple didn't communicate anything and maybe you could get away with that without people being too grumpy the launch went well, yeah, and it just went so bad. And then a week later, Spotify announced their— so Apple released a bunch of new things, including paid subscriptions— and paid subscriptions necessitated a whole new Podcaster dashboard and some other changes on their back end, yeah. which has broken everything. You can't submit a new show. You log into Podcast Connect. It, te- it originally told you it'll take you a couple hours for them to, you know, f- set up your account. Now it takes like there's some people that it took eight days. Yeah, for people's them to get episodes to their were account.
0: disappearing and like their show was disappearing.
1: People's episodes. and from big podcasters yeah. like uh, Jack from Darknet Diaries messaged me and he's like, "What is going on?" like why is why is yeah, why I am just, i missing a bunch it, of episodes uh,
0: i they have such rigorous like quality like quality testing in place for their hardware i just don't understand why they don't do that for their software i mean i get it podcast the podcast stuff doesn't really make them money and maybe it's like a small office back in like the back corner of like the <laughs> Behind the kitchen or something. I don't know. But yeah, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, you know,
0: it's like this <laughs> dusty, this yeah. dusty closet that someone forgot about. And that's where the podcast team is. But yeah, I, yeah, I just I don't understand why it's so many problems with the update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and it trickles down to us and to other platform providers.
1: Oh, our competitors. It's it's like
0: like we are handling support now for Apple. Yeah, which
1: like seventy five percent of our tickets are yeah, Apple related,
0: yeah, or Spotify,
1: or Spotify, yeah, and and ironically, Spotify released their, you know, announced their subscription uh, product, and then Spotify stops working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's a big bug on Spotify. To their credit, they fixed it right away, and to their credit, they actually responded to my my uh, support requests. Uh, so the bug on Spotify was recent episodes also weren't showing. So for a while, you publish an episode, and it's not showing on Spotify or Apple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all, all these folks that are eager to get off the, the open standard of RSS and move to something else, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let me tell you, if you were subscribed or follow a podcast in Apple Podcasts, you were still getting your episodes, they just weren't showing up in the public directory, right? And Spotify uh, wasn't showing up at all because they rehost the audio. So RSS, this old spec that you know everyone says needs to be replaced, just keeps on working, keeps on delivering episodes. And meanwhile, the 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 biggest, richest corporation <laughs> in the world <laughs> makes this major announcement it's the first thing Tim Cook mentions in his keynote and everything's broken the back end is open the back end is broken the the admin interface is broken podcast delivery is broken like delivering episodes to the directory Uh, the app itself got released I don't know if you've tried it yet but people (laughs) people are like this this app does not work man You and I, neither you nor I, have worked for massive corporations. Here's how I think about this. I realize there's probably tons of legacy code in there. I realize there's probably tons and tons of difficulty that comes with making an update like this. But if you're going to do something, and this goes back to our our idea of complexity and what you start you have to maintain, Uh you're going to start something and you've got all the resources in the world. You can release a good product, yeah, or at least,
0: yeah, at least tell people what's coming and what to expect. And if things don't go right, just like maybe talk about it publicly.
1: Yeah, or or maybe reach out to your hosting partners and say, you know, here's a little update. Here's what we're thinking. We could have given them so much feedback. Yeah, but they're operating in a vacuum, not talking about it at all. And again, to Spotify's credit, they're much better at they this are. Yeah. of of communicating and having people accessible and answering questions and giving people a preview normally of what's coming.
0: And their and their private podcasting feature could be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, they've got this new OAuth. Uh, yeah, part of it we we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah we should. They haven't told us we anything should, about. I it. I think we
0: might have to reach out and actually like ask them about getting access to it.
1: Yeah. Well, I I. I sent them an email. I haven't gotten anything back yet. Anyway, so there is a, a certain amount of platform risk in podcasting in that you're, we're kind of reliant on Apple and Spotify. But on the other hand, we have Google Podcasts pulling at them and Amazon pulling at them. You just released a new Amazon integration, right? Yep. So the, the, the thing that's different about an open ecosystem like podcasting is that, yeah, sure, there's Apple and Spotify own most of the market, but they don't own all of it. There's always going to be this tension, you know? Everyone's kind of like, uh, there's a, uh, there's a uh, what do you call it? Uh, a tug of war, you know, mm-hmm. between all the, these big companies. And that's, that's helpful because you have other competitors to hold them to account, right? And in this case, like Spotify did two things. That uh, really changed my opinion of them. One, they fixed that bug right away mm-hmm. and were really transparent about it. And two, this new OAuth thing seems to be a commitment to the open ecosystem because it's going to allow normal like if you want to have a paid podcast on transistor and you know, have it go everywhere and not let Apple take a cut or whatever. You can still do that, and now you can actually add private podcasts to Spotify. Again, this is this is what we think is going to happen. We haven't actually seen it yet, but that's a big deal. And competitively, it's a great it's a a great hedge for them because uh, you know Apple's decided to do it like the App Store. So very interesting, very frustrating. We're still like current bugs in Apple Podcasts. I've got I'll I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> like there's this huge list. And <laughs> when, when I thought this one was coming, I was like, oh, I can't wait because they've had all these issues with Apple Podcasts forever on the back end, like cover art not updating and like them needing to manually refresh things, them needing to approve new podcast submissions. It takes five to eight days. I was like, okay, here we go. It's, they're going to fix all this stuff. They're doing a major revision. And then they release it and it's more broken than it was before. Yeah. On the podcaster side and on the listening side, <sighs> just
0: just a little bit frustrating
1: frustrating and as a, as a product person also just a little bit like come on like if you can't if you can't build a good product and you've got all the resources in the world yeah what is going on it it it's it's again they've clearly figured this out on the hardware side yeah
0: and and to some extent some of the software like you know they're not great at services but you know iOS and macOS are pretty solid but those go through rounds of public testing and it's like that doesn't happen with podcasting and again it's is not a money maker for them it's like
1: yeah but if you're going to do it like if you're going to make this big update and pour again cost benefit analysis yeah like part of me is confused that they even announced this like private subscriptions for podcasters it's there's just a, such a tiny group that is going to <laughs> Take advantage of this. It's like, why are you investing all these resources in? Like I said,
0: it's probably uh, you know, it's the it's the podcast closet. Yeah, but
1: why? But that's that's like that's like going down to the podcast closet and saying, (laughs) and saying, uh, you know, for a while we're gonna stuff a bunch more engineers in here and try to build something great. So it's costing them a lot of money, but what came out clearly came out of the podcast closet yeah, like, it was like, just not know like if... why <sighs> invest all that money and time why make it a big splashy announcement that's you know every major publication's talking about the new apple podcast new yeah. subscription thing all the wall street uh, analysts are you know uh, deciding if they're going to raise apple's uh you know uh, what do you uh, suggest people buy or sell or whatever right. it's like you're 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 making all these waves and it better be worth it if you're yep. Apple. If you're listening, please just fix your shit. You can you can have a, a culture of privacy and secrecy, and you know surprising the world with what you make. But when you release it, it better be good. Right. I don't like surprises personally, <laughs> like surprise birthday parties or surprise gifts. No, just let me know. <laughs> give me give Yo, me a heads up. Let me prepare up. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh we've probably been chatting long enough, I think eh? So all right. Let's uh let's thank the good folks on Patreon for supporting the yeah. show.
0: Thank you as always to everyone who supports us. Uh we have Harris Kenny from the Intro to CRM podcast, Oleg Oleg Kulik, uh Violette du Genevieve. Did I say that right?
1: Uh let's see. Oh, Violette du Geneville. All right. <laughs> and-
0: <laughs> Uh, the Take It EV podcast. Ethan Gunderson, uh, Diogo, Chris Willow, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler, Eric Lima, James Sowers, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassy, Pretty Yumna Noah Prale, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, my brother Dan Bruda. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Sugar, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! And Kyle Fox from getrewardful.com.
1: Nice. Uh, we also had Mitch, just Mitch, uh, become a patron okay. in, in the last month. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, I, one thing Apple came out with is this new, you can see where people drop off uh-huh. when they're listening. And a lot of folks drop, and there's a surprising amount that stick around for us to go through the credits, but uh, I, I think we need to start, uh, I don't have anything planned this time, but we we need like some sort of, uh, you know, tasty bits after the, after the credits so that people stick around. You know what I yeah. mean? Like a little surprise <laughs> ending. But the surprise ending this time is that we, we, I wasn't prepared. Yeah. I just came up with this idea now. Fuck. Next time. So, uh, <laughs> next time. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time we publish an episode. Thanks, folks. I was like, beauty. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not the right button. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm.